Welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast. If you love tennis and want to improve your game, this podcast is for you. Whether it's technique, strategy, equipment, or the mental game, tennis professional Ian Westerman is here to make you a better player. And now, here's Ian. Hi, and welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast, your place for free, expert tennis instruction that can truly help you improve your game. Today's episode of the Essential Tennis Podcast is brought to you by ProTranscript.com and also TennisTours.com. More on that new sponsor later in today's show. I want to kick things off today by saying thank you to everybody who participated in the contest I ran last week. 158 people entered into the drawing for a new Flip Ultra HD camera. And I've got my winners all selected here, and those of you who won will get it, get an email from me shortly. But thank you to everybody, especially those of you who listened to the podcast for the first time. Great to have you guys on board. I also want to announce a new clinic. The next Essential Tennis Clinic will be held in Baltimore, Maryland, and will be May 28th, 29th, and 30th. Features of this clinic will include nine hours on court with tennis instruction from myself and other tennis professionals, also a mental tennis workshop from David Grumping, mental tennis expert who's been on the podcast many times, and a video analysis session. Everybody's going to get one of their strokes analyzed by myself with high-speed video. So lots and lots of value in this clinic. If you're interested, send me an email or go to EssentialTennis.com and click on Clinics. There's only four spots left. So definitely let me know right away if you would like to attend. All right, let's get down to business. Sit back, relax, and get ready for some great tennis instruction. All right, let's get started with today's topic on the Essential Tennis Podcast, and it comes to us from Carl E. on the forums at Essential Tennis. Carl wrote and said, can we revisit footwork in the podcast? One thing I'd like to hear about is using the crossover step to recover into the court, and how about use of a crossover step while moving around the baseline? When should it be used? What's the choreography like? How can we practice this so that it becomes second nature? And in the forums, Gasquet's backhand commented as well and said, could you please also pick up the footwork from the very beginning? Because I'm guessing there's a lot of people like me who have just begun to take tennis seriously and have never been taught anything about footwork. Thanks. It would really help. All right, well, we're going to go over footwork today on today's show, and it's going to be the only topic we cover. I'm going to really go into depth about the different types of footwork, the different types of steps that you guys can use on the tennis court, what they're good for, what they're not good for, and I'm also going to go over the most common shots in tennis and how you should use those different steps during those common shots so that you guys can move effectively. And footwork is incredibly important in tennis. And um, I, I'm really happy that I'm doing an all-footwork show because you can only hit as good of a shot as your footwork is. Now, professional players, high-level players, are able to hit incredible shots even when they're off balance and in an uncomfortable position. But for the rest of us that aren't incredibly gifted athletically, 
It's very important that we learn how to move around the court as efficiently as possible, so that when you do get to the correct spot on the court, you're able to hit as good of a shot as you possibly can, because your body is there in balance. You're in the correct position. Uh, the ball is in the right spot in relationship to you. And you're able to to hit the best shot possible. And then the second part of that is after you've hit your shot, it's very important to get back to a good spot on the court immediately following whatever shot you just happened to hit. So the first thing we're going to do is talk about types of steps or different types of way, ways that you guys can move your feet around the court. I'm going to give a quick definition for each of them so that you guys understand what I'm talking about when we start to talk about individual strokes and and how you guys should move your feet during those different types of shots. So we're going to go over six different ways you can move your feet on the court. The first one is a side shuffle. And Carl was pointing this out and wanted some explanation on the side shuffle specifically. The side shuffle is lateral to the baseline, or it can also be perpendicular to the baseline, and kind of everything in between. Basically, the side shuffle is a way to move your body laterally. And this is commonly uh, referred to when talking about recovering from a ground stroke and wanting to move back to the middle of the baseline. And we're going to get to that later. But the correct way to use this footwork, uh, the side shuffle, is to have your toes pointed forwards, and making a balanced move from right or, or, or to the left, to the right or to the left. Your knees should be balanced. Your feet should be shoulder-width apart, and uh, your feet should not cross. That's what differentiates this from uh, different types of footwork. A side shuffle, and during a side shuffle, your feet do not cross over. Uh, and so it's a balanced way to move around the court. It's not the fastest way you can move around the court, but it keeps your body in very good balance. This is basically a way that you can move in a ready position, and your, your body's kind of all set to go as you shuffle to the right or to the left or up and back. We're going to talk about how to use both. So that's number one. Number two, crossover step. And again, you can use this lateral to the baseline or perpendicular to the baseline. We'll talk about how to use both of those later in the show. But the difference between a side shuffle and a crossover step is that your feet are crossing over. Uh, they're crossing each other. And a, a variant of this is also the karaoke step or the grapevine, which is it's sometimes referred to, which is kind of a series of crossover steps. We're just going to keep it at, at crossover step uh, just for simplicity's sake. So that's number two. Number three, the back pedal. And the back pedal is basically uh, moving heels first. And so the, the back of your body is facing the direction that you're trying to move. Believe it or not, these steps should be used sometimes. And we're going to talk later about when they should be used. That's number three. Uh, number four is forward stride or sprint. Pretty simple there. Basically, you guys are, are facing dead on forwards. Your toes are pointing forwards towards where you're trying to go. And you're either in a sprint or other kind of forward motion. Next up, number five, is adjustment steps. And these are different from a forward stride or a sprint in terms of, in terms of their size. An adjustment step usually is, is a series of quick little steps to move to kind of fine-tune your position on the court and uh, to be able to, to really put yourself in just the right place. And number six, fine, uh, the last in our, our six different types of, of footwork or steps is the split step. 
And the split step is a way to get your body in balance. And we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about the split step today because I've talked about it in previous shows uh, in a lot of detail. And if you guys want to learn about when to use the split step and literally how to do it physically, how to move your body to, to split step correctly, check out podcast 101, podcast 90, and podcast 13. And all three of those previous podcasts, I've talked about the split step. It's a very, very important part of your footwork. We're not going to go over it in detail, in detail today, but go to the podcast archives if you would like to hear more about the split step. So a quick, quick review before we go to the next section. Six different types of steps. The side shuffle, the crossover step, backpedal, the forward stride or sprint, adjustment steps, and the split step. So next up, we're going to be talking about how to put all of those together effectively within different strokes and how to move your, your feet correctly within different strokes. And before we, we do that, I'm really excited to tell you guys about the newest sponsor of the Essential Tennis Podcast, and that is TennisTours.com. TennisTours.com is the place to go if you guys are planning on going to an ATP or WTA professional tennis events. They do tickets and they do travel packages to go to all your favorite tournaments, including the Grand Slams. It can be really tough to get reliable tickets for the Grand Slam events, Australian Open, French Open, the U.S. Open, and Wimbledon. That's their specialty is, is the Grand Slam events. And you guys can purchase individual tickets from them or even complete Ticket packages, including hotel and accommodations. You guys can purchase ground passes, luxury suites, and everything in between. They offer wide ranges of different types of tickets for for every event that they do have tickets for, uh, for professional events. So if you're going to go to a professional event, which is an incredible way to learn about tennis and to experience tennis by watching the best players in the world, Go to TennisTours.com and definitely check and see if they do carry tickets for the professional event that you're going to be traveling to. And especially if it's out of town and, and you need accommodations and, and, and hotel, these guys do everything together and, and do it all for you so that you don't have to worry about it. Now, when you check out at TennisTours.com, make sure to use the promotional code ESSENTIAL and you'll receive a discount off your purchase. That's essential in the promotional promotional code uh, field as you're checking out. Show them that you appreciate their sponsorship of the Essential Tennis Podcast by supporting TennisTours.com, and I appreciate them very much for their support of the podcast. Thank you, guys. Okay, let's now get into some specific situations around the tennis courts and how you guys should be moving your feet most effectively. Now, as you guys move to anywhere on the court and hit any type of shot, there should be a sequence of different moves or or different things that you need to accomplish in order to move effectively. And that sequence is preparation, movement to the ball, recovery, and then preparation again. There's kind of a, a cycle, a footwork cycle that you guys should be repeating in between every shot and during every shot and after every shot so that you guys can be in the best possible position with your body. Now let's talk about some specific shots and how you guys should be using those specific types of steps within those different phases of your movements around the courts. First of all, let's talk about ground strokes 
and moving side to side, either to the right or to the left for a forehand and backhand. Now preparation, the preparation phase is basically your split step. That's how you best prepare your body to be able to move towards any possible shot. It puts you in a nice ready position, in a balanced position. You're not moving anywhere. You're just ready. Now, uh, if you want to use uh, some stutter steps or shuffle steps instead of a, an actual split step, that's fine as long as your body is balanced. And again, check out those previous podcasts for a, a detailed discussion on that. Now, after your split step on a ground stroke, you want to transition to forward steps. And if it's a forehand and you're right-handed, you would turn yourself to the side and make forward steps out to the right to get to that shot. And these steps should be quick, and you want to get there fast so that you can be in balance once the ball gets to you and you're in a good, comfortable position. Now, the next uh, next phase is adjustment steps. You want to next use, next use adjustment steps to kind of fine-tune your position between yourself and the ball. These should be different from your forward steps because we don't want to continue making long strides when the ball gets close to us because that's oftentimes how players make, uh, make mistakes. And if you misjudge just a little bit, how the ball is going to bounce or where exactly it's going and you're you're in the middle of a full stride towards the ball and it ends up bouncing a little funny or maybe the wind catches it or it's got some spin on it that you weren't expecting uh, you're you're done <laughs> you're screwed <laughs> so you have to be in the habit of making small little steps as the ball gets close to you to be able to to really make last second adjustments and you might think you know exactly where it's going but don't make that mistake so uh, again, preparation, the split step, and movement to the ball starts off with forward steps, then adjustment steps, then you make your swing, your your forehand or your backhand swing. Now, after you've made your swing, it's time for recovery, and this can be done when you're moving to the right or to the left in one of two ways. You can use either shuffle steps or crossover steps or a combination of both which I recommend that you guys do. And it kind of depends on your position on the courts. If you're not very far away from the middle of the baseline, you really only need to use side shuffles, shuffle steps. And you would do that by pointing your toes forwards towards the net, not crossing your feet over, and just making two or three shuffles back to the center of the court. Now, this is something that rec players and, and students of mine for whatever reason, don't like to do. I guess they feel silly doing it. It's not something that they've done before ever playing tennis because they've they've never done it correctly. If you guys watch tennis on TV and Indian Wells is is on right now as I'm speaking, you will see tennis pros using side shuffle steps to move along the baseline after they've made contact. The reason why it's so important is because we need to be in a balanced position, in a ready position, while moving back to the middle of the baseline. That's important because we don't know where the next shot is going. After you've hit your forehand or backhand ground stroke and the ball is traveling towards your opponent, you do not know where they're going to hit next. And so if, we, if you take the quicker route, and let's say you move out to your right, hit a forehand ground stroke, and then you simply turn your body face the middle of the court and run back, that would be a lot faster than using a side shuffle or a crossover step. However, if your opponent hits back to your forehand side again and you have not yet returned back to the center of the court, 
you're moving in the exact opposite direction and your body is facing the exact opposite direction. And it's going to be very difficult to gather yourself, stop your momentum and turn back to the right where the next shot is coming. So please don't do this. You need to get yourself lateral to the baseline and move back sideways while facing the net so that you can see what's going on and so that you're you're balanced in case they cross you up and they, they hit a direction that you're not anticipating. So using that side shuffle step is very important. Now, Carl talked about using a uh, uh, combination of steps and, and, and having a good rhythm. And I, I suggest that when you guys really get pulled off to the side, you use a combination of crossover steps and, and, side, and side shuffle steps. And you guys will very, very commonly see the pros doing this. They'll move out to the right or to, or to their left, make their adjustment steps, make their swing, and then very typically make one crossover step and then several shuffles to get back to the baseline. Or maybe if they're really far out, maybe they'll make two crossover steps and several shuffles to get back to the middle of the baseline. But very often you'll see them take at least one crossover step and then transition into a shuffle. Now both the crossover and the shuffle step keep you sideways facing forwards towards the net. Uh, so they keep you in balance. The crossover step is a little bit faster and it kind of gets you moving immediately after your swing. And the shuffle step is kind of more, I guess, fine-tuned, a little more in balance. It keeps your feet uh, underneath you. They're not crossing over. Um, it's more difficult for you to get caught off balance when you're shuffling. So in review, I, and I, I realize I may have repeated some things here, but, but this stuff is really important that you guys follow this specific pattern. Split step turn and make forward steps towards the ball, make adjustment steps, quick little steps as you get close to where you're going to make contact, then make a crossover step and finish it up with side shuffles back to the middle of the baseline. And at that point, you should uh, repeat the, the preparation phase and use a split step. And uh, a side shuffle is very similar to a split step, uh, but whenever your opponent makes contact, even if, they, even if you're not back to the middle of the baseline yet, you should be making another split step to repeat this pattern. The preparation, the movement of the ball, the recovery back to the middle of the baseline, and then prepare again. And when you guys do this correctly, there's, there's definitely a rhythm to it. And this is why the pros, uh, especially the players with really good footwork, look like it's so effortless. It's because they use all of these steps together and they do it very seamlessly. It's all coordinated together. And there's, there's, it's almost kind of like a dance going back and forth, back and forth. And this is something you guys should practice. And I'm going to talk about how to practice it later. Now, let's talk about one of the tougher shots in singles, and that's moving back for a ground stroke. And you guys should move back when your opponent has hit a high, deep shot to your half of the court, and it's not going to be at waist height. It's going to be bouncing up over your strike zone, and you got to back up to let the ball come back down again. In order to do this, uh, in order to move back effectively for a ground stroke, you guys should be turning to the side and side shuffling back. Do not use a back pedal uh, movement or footwork to move back for these shots. So if it's a forehand and you're right-handed, your right foot should pivot back to put you in a square stance, and then you should side shuffle, or if you want to use a crossover step and then side shuffle back, that's perfectly fine. But get back there, turned to the side already so that you're in balance and also so that you're ready to swing. You've already turned your body to the side and you're ready to go. It doesn't mean that you have to hit 
in uh, a closed stance or in a square stance. You can still hit from a, from an open stance, but as you're moving back, make sure you get yourself turned perpendicular to the baseline so that you can move back in balance. This is a common mistake for rec players to, to move back with kind of a backpedal type step and it kind of puts them off balance. And not only that, but when the ball gets there, they're not turned to the side yet. And uh, it can make some, it can make for some, some trouble, some complications. Now, after you make your swing, after moving back to that shot, simply turn forwards towards the net and use a, a side, I'm sorry, a forward step or, or a sprint to get back to the middle of the baseline and then split step. Make sure that you prepare again. So that's for moving back. Now, ground stroke moving forwards uh, on a low shot or a shot that's um, not traveling very far into your half of the court, you might have to move forwards. In order to do this, if it's straight forwards, you guys should simply be moving forwards with your body facing the net. As you get close to the ball, you should be turning your upper body to the side and or uh, changing your stance, whichever type of stance you want to use to hit this shot. And this is the one time where you guys should be backpedaling is after you've hit a short ground stroke or a ground stroke you've had to move forwards into the court for, um, straight forwards. And after you've made contact, you want to get back to the middle of the baseline again. Don't stay up in no man's land. This is where it's okay to use a backpedal type step is when you've moved straight forwards from the middle of the baseline, you've made your swing, and then you want to get back to the middle of the baseline again. Uh, the, the alternative would be to turn around and, and kind of face your back to your opponent and hustle back to the middle of the baseline. Uh, but don't do that. We need to be facing forwards and ready and, and watching and seeing what's going on. So, so use a, a backpedal step to get back to the middle of the baseline. Now, so we've talked about moving to the right or to the left, moving back and moving forwards for a ground stroke. Uh, there's combinations as well, and, and this is where things get a, a little bit tricky, but it, it all makes sense. If you're moving up and to the right, you should turn face towards the direction you want to move yourself, make a forward step or a sprint, make your swing, and then this is where you'll want to use kind of a diagonal shuffle. So if it's forwards and to the right, and you're moving up for a forehand, make your swing, then pivot, get your back foot uh, kind of back so that your right and, and left foot draw a line between where you are in the middle of the baseline and then use a side shuffle in a di- diagonal direction back to the middle of the baseline. If, it, if you're moving back into the left, uh, if it's a deep backhand, then you would want to, again, pivot your left foot back, move, use kind of a diagonal side shuffle to move yourself back behind the baseline, make your swing, then go ahead and face towards the middle of the baseline and use a forward step and move back forwards towards the middle of the baseline. What's important here, guys, is your balance, and, and we want to be prepared for for every shot and, and each subsequent shot. We want to be prepared for the next one. So, whenever you're moving back to the middle of the baseline, we want to be facing forwards. Whenever you're moving towards whatever uh, shot you're trying to get to, usually you want to be facing that way. Um, the uh, where that wouldn't be the case is when you're moving backwards and you're kind of moving in a side shuffle type position. So those are all the different possibilities for ground strokes. Let's talk about overheads. And I just wrote an article about this, how to move back for overheads. And it's something that rec players usually do very poorly. What you guys don't want to do is use a backpedal type step to move back for overheads. 
after you've prepared and you're in your ready position and your opponent lobs you, it's incredibly important that you use either a side shuffle or a crossover step to move back for your overheads. This is a very common mistake and something you guys should absolutely be working on. Uh, so if you're right-handed and that lob goes up, get your right foot pivoted back. That's the first thing that should happen. Get yourself in a square stance, and then from there, either cross over with your left foot going across over in front of your right uh, and, and continuing the crossover, kind of like a quarterback, uh, a football quarterback going back for a three-step drop, which is what I wrote about in my article. Um, or you can just stay lateral. You don't have to cross your feet over, and you can just use a side shuffle. Just make sure that your feet get perpendicular to the net and you're, you're shuffling back and not backpedaling. Backpedaling is pretty much the slowest way you can possibly move around the court. And not only that, but I have personally witnessed several times, uh, in fact, many times, players falling backwards over themselves because they're in poor balance as they try to move back for an overhead. Please do not do that. Uh, so it's really important you get into a position where you can either side shuffle or a crossover to, to hit that overhead. And lastly, let's talk about volleys. And on a volley, you want to cross over whenever possible, which means for a forehand volley, you guys should be stepping across with your left foot to reach for a forehand volley and across with your right foot to reach for a backhand volley. If you have to move multiple steps, then make sure that you turn your body to the side towards the direction that you're trying to, to head to cut off that volley. Move there quickly. And then just like on a ground stroke, use a combination of either a crossover step and several shuffle steps, or you can just use shuffle steps too if you don't have very far to travel. But make sure that you get back to the center uh, where you're supposed to be for, for the, the next shot by moving laterally uh, across the court. Lastly, let's talk about how to practice everything that I've talked about today. Now, some of this may have been review. For some of you listening, if, if you're a, a four or five player listening to this podcast, you probably already know about all the different types of steps I've been talking about, and you probably already know about when to use them correctly as well. If you're a two five or a three O player, a lot of what I just said is probably new to you, and you've got a lot of work to do to catch up in the footwork department. Now, I, I recommend a three step program. Uh, or, or I guess way of practicing in order for you guys to make this a part of your game. And if you have to work on all of this, you've got a lot of work to do. If only one or two things sounded new to you that I just talked about, then it should be pretty quick for you to make this part of your game. But the first thing I recommend is shadowing, basically meaning practicing this without a ball. And this can be on a tennis court or not. It doesn't even have to be uh, out, on, uh, out on a tennis court. You can do this in your backyard or in your driveway or in the middle of a, of a park <laughs> as long as you're uh, not too embarrassed to do it. But I, I recommend you guys do this and, and follow the patterns I was talking about um, on your own and, and just kind of get a feel for what the rhythm is like moving between these different types of steps and moving in all these different directions that I discussed. And I would take some time, especially from the baseline. This is where it's really important. I mean, it's important all over the courts, but I, I think where, where the most different types of steps get, get used is moving to the right, to the left, forwards and backwards as you move along the baseline to hit, to hit your ground strokes, especially in singles play. 
So I recommend that you practice moving in each of the four main directions, forwards, backwards, right, and left, and using the different combinations of different types of steps that I described. Once you you really feel like you've got it down and you're using all the different steps correctly without a ball, have a friend of yours feed some shots to you or uh, just toss shots to you. And there's a kind of a famous tennis drill called the Spanish drill that I use when, when one of my students really needs to work on their footwork. And basically, I stand on their half of the court, just a, a couple feet away from the middle of the baseline with a basket of balls, and I simply toss tennis balls. I might toss straight out to their right. I might toss straight out to their left. Uh, I might toss short into the right, short into the left, or I could toss deep behind the baseline to the right or deep behind the baseline to the left. Uh, whichever direction I toss, my student has to m- use the correct footwork to move to that shot, make their swing, and then use the correct footwork to get back to the middle of the baseline again. So this is a controlled environment. I, I'm right in front of my students. I can see what they're doing right and what they're doing wrong. Um, it, it's not terribly realistic because obviously I'm just tossing the balls underhand. The, the ball is not flying towards them from the other half of the court. So the, the way the ball is coming to them is not uh, match realistic. It's just a way to really focus on the footwork and, and nothing else. Um, so that's a great way for you guys to practice with a partner on a tennis court and you're going to need a basket of balls or at least 10 or 12 balls uh, because the idea here is to really get them moving. This can be a good way to work on your conditioning and your fitness as well, uh, as well as using all the different types of steps correctly. And the last way to work on this is in a live rally. And uh, I follow these three steps myself when I teach. I, I, I have my students demonstrate to me without a ball at all how to do it correctly then I'll, I'll feed them various types of shots to, to make sure that they can do it with a ball coming towards them. And then the final way to show me that you really understand what you're doing is to be able to do this in a live rally back and forth, in a controlled rally, where me and my, my students are maybe hitting forehands cross-court to each other. Um, and I, I will mix up my shots, give them high ones, low ones, uh, and, and varying degrees of right and left, and make them show me that they know how to move their feet correctly. So I, I would follow uh, those three different ways of working on this footwork to make sure it's really integrated into your game and that your, your body is starting to learn it. And, and once you feel like you're doing it automatically, you can go ahead and start using it in match play. Not that you can't go out and play a match right now and hopefully use some of this and have it improve your game, but expect that you're going to have to work at this if you're not already using most of these different types of footwork already. So... That brings the footwork podcast to an end. Hopefully that wasn't too monotonous uh, for all of you guys. I I went into some detail there and uh, I'm sure repeated myself a couple of times on on some of these different techniques and ways to move your feet, but this stuff is really important. I'm I'm a little surprised I hadn't done a whole podcast on footwork before, but this is a good primer uh, for you guys who are just starting off in tennis and, and really need to know what to do with your feet. And those of you who are experienced already, Hopefully there's just a a couple of things in there or uh, different ways of moving your feet in different positions that you hadn't really considered before. And you can go ahead, take those one, two, or or three different 
uh, footwork elements and, and go ahead and, and put them into your game. Uh, but no matter what, as always, I, I hope this guys, I hope this helps you guys improve. And uh, that's always my goal with everything I put out on the podcast. So Carl and Gasquet's backhand on the forums. Thank you guys for a great topic. And hopefully this helps you guys get better at your game. All right. That does it for episode number 109 of the Essential Tennis Podcast. Thank you very much for joining me on today's show. I hope that it was enjoyable and helpful to you in your game. As always, you can let me know if you have any questions that you would like to be answered on the podcast. My email address is ian, I-A-N, at essentialtennis.com. Now, in wrapping up today's show, I want to say thank you to several people who have made donations to the podcast in the last two weeks. And I really, really appreciate the support of all of you who have made donations, either one-time donations or subscription donations, uh, a monthly donation to the website and to the podcast. You guys are, are really helping me out a great deal, both uh, financially and, and helping to pay for, for what I do here at Essential Tennis and also uh, emotionally. It, it really feels good to know that people out there are appreciating the show enough to make a, a financial donation, even the one that's five dollars. That it just really shows me that you guys appreciate it, and uh, and in return, I I appreciate that very much. So uh, let's say thank you to a couple people here. First of all, Giradar in Texas. I hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly. Twenty dollar donation. Thank you, Ian in Colorado. Sixty dollars. Gary in Pennsylvania donated twenty five dollars. Bruce in Florida is a new monthly subscription donator at $5 per month. Kelly in Alabama, also a new monthly donator at $5 per month. And then we had three people make their regular monthly donation in the last two weeks. Steve in North Carolina, $5. Bill in Missouri, $10. And Carlotta in New Jersey, $5. So thank you to all of you guys so much uh, for your donations. And if the Essential Tennis Podcast has helped you improve your game, please consider making a a donation of any size to the podcast. And I would appreciate that very much. Just go to EssentialTennis.com. And on the front page in the lower right, there's a button that says Donate. All right, that does it for this week. Thanks very much for joining me. Take care and good luck with your tennis. Tennis.